Blue Wire. So welcome in everyone to episode number 38 of That's What Bee Said. Uh, I'm your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Clee. Hello, everyone. And I'm joined by uh, my fellow co-hosts. We've got both girls tonight. Uh, Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hey, Britt. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Mayor at MKN Sports. Hi, Mayor. We missed you last week. I missed you guys so much. I got the notification when you get live, but I couldn't watch because I was working. And then... I listened to it the next day and I was so proud of you guys for killing it. Oh, thank you. I had to talk a lot last week. That was painful. For I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you talk <laughs> twice as much this week. Oh, no. I'm down for that. I think that's great. Uh, so we're going to get right into the Cleveland Browns because we were so ramped up last week because training camp was just in front of us. Now training camp is what? Three days behind us officially. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. So we had padded practice on, I say we as if we were, we, we, we were there, we had okay. padded practice <laughs> on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and just some things to, to recap what's been going on. So number one, a couple of injuries plaguing the Browns thus far. So Miles Garrett um, has been sitting out with a hamstring injury. JC Treader was getting a knee scope. So he has been out, uh, which is not great news for the offensive line. Jarvis, I believe, missed Monday. I'm not, I, I don't know if he practiced today. And then Nick Chubb is in concussion protocol as of today. And late breaking, Mac Wilson, unfortunately, seems to have hyperextended his knee. So this is where oh. we're at in terms of injuries. So a couple of things we're going to get off in, in detail is really the injuries. And I think mm -hmm. what we can start with is Nick Chubb and Mac Wilson because they go hand in hand. Did yeah. you guys happen to catch the Nick Chubb tackle slash injury from Mac Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> okay, can I Sounds say something though? Please. Of course. Before we get into that. Well, actually, no, it is about that, but I saw it and like I replayed it probably like 12 times just to make sure that I wasn't missing something. I didn't think it looked that bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I mean, okay, he, I get it. Like, don't grab the guy from the neck and stuff. But the way people were reacting, and again, it's because it's Mac Wilson. And for reasons I don't understand, he, like, splits the fan base between people who really love his enthusiasm and his passion for playing Cleveland. And then there's that group that really just can't stand the guy. I don't, I don't get it. But, like, I watched that. And, you know, we are all Mac Wilson fans here. Um, I, I was like, I... I don't see what – I'm sorry that Nick Chubb got hurt, but, like, you know, I feel like based on his comments, you know, when he was talking about uh, the media being hard on him, the fans being hard on him, he's really trying to prove a point right now. Um, and, great, you shouldn't do that to your own players. But, like, how, where else are you going to do it? You're trying to do something. I, I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Well, and I think it's also worth pointing out, these guys don't have any preseason games. Yeah. yeah. Normally, preseason games are where they really get to put in 110% and show mm -hmm. what they have to offer and, and show how they fit into whatever scheme, you know, Alex Van Pelt or Joe Woods or, you know, Kevin Stefanski would be putting together. They don't have that this year. So they have right. to go hard against their own guys because that's the only time they have to show 
yeah. you know, that they deserve a spot on the team. So, and, and it's tough. It was like watching the inner squad play with major league baseball before the regular season started. You, you know, you get all excited about guys whacking home runs out of the park, but then it's like, are they actually good hitters or are they whacking these home runs out of the park because your pitching sucks? So, you know, that's, one of the dangers that you have of playing against each other. And then we don't have joint practices. I think the, I think they were supposed to have a joint practice with the Colts maybe this year. Oh no, green, the Packers. Green Bay, the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, I think it was, yeah, it was the Colts last year. It's the Packers this year. So they don't have that. They don't have the opportunity to go against other guys and they, their only opportunities are against each other. And it's, you know, injuries are going to happen, especially since they haven't been able to properly train in these facilities until like a week ago, less than a week yeah. ago. Yeah, I think to what you were kind of touching on, um, Brittany, is um, I think Mac also has some bulletin board material just based on the fact that everybody seems to be labeling the linebacking core specifically in Cleveland as the worst in the NFL. Obviously, we know we lost Kirksey um, as well as Joe Schobert. So I don't think there's a lot of high expectations out, to, out there for this course. So it does feel like Mac specifically is putting all of that pressure on his shoulders, which mm -hmm. it's going into a second year. That's, that's a lot to do um, yeah. for his type of caliber. And I think he was showing up with that type of intensity to prove everyone wrong. Um, yeah. And Meredith, I think, I think to your point, yeah, they, they have to play with this level of intensity against each other because they just don't have the luxury of having the preseason games this year. And there are some guys out there on the team that are just fighting to make a spot on the roster. And typically you have the preseason games to do that. And without any of that this year, it's going to be really interesting because I don't think this will just be a Cleveland Browns problem. Like I think you're going to see this across the NFL, all of these injuries happening, unfortunately, based on just the lack of training and rushing through the month of August to get to regular season games. Yeah. I just have to say though, Oh, go ahead, Britt. Um, the comments that he made, yeah. this was following Monday's practice. First of all, he said that it wasn't done mal malicious intent. He was just, you know, he p plays with passion and all that. And then he started talking about the media. He said, yeah, definitely. Because when you say things like that to the media where everybody can see it and really do not know what these guys are bring to their position, bring to the field, um, blah, blah, blah. You're basically saying that they are a piece of crap, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I think is a little, you know, they're not saying you're a piece of crap, but, and he said, to me, that's how I'm taking it because you say we're the 32nd linebacker core in the national football league. And that is just total disrespect. Um, Again, as a Mac Wilson fan, I'm not going to like, you know, throw dirt on him and say, but I just think he's trying to prove a lot of points and he's probably number one that I recommend for everyone, especially athletes is stay the hell off social media. Yeah. <laughs> just stay away. Oh, I'm telling you, if I were like rich <laughs> or like fan, I would never, I, everything would be gone forever. I would never have any kind of social media whatsoever. Just be done. I have a burner account, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't no. Emma Stone like? I, doesn't Emma Stone like have a Twitter account and she like doesn't tweet for that very reason? I probably like it's it's brilliant. I don't know why these athletes would even be on social media. Like that's so all all you're gonna see is like negativity and 
people talking crap about you, like, just stay off. Don't pay attention. To, we're degenerates, all of us. Just stop yeah, paying attention to us. It's tough because that's, like, what they grew up with. So, yes. you know, for them, it's just, like, second nature. It's, it's what they are used to. But when you get to a certain level or a profession where you're just out in the spotlight just in general, you're, you're right, Brittany. You, it, like, people attack you and come at you at all different sides and angles. And it's easy to get caught up in, into that and yeah. feel like you have to respond in a sense. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit later too about social media and the Indians because so many, so many things to say about that. So Mac Wilson did get injured today. We, we talked about that right off the bat. He hyperextended his knee. Um, he's going to be monitored. And obviously he's questionable when he will return to play. What I want to say about that is I wish our own fan base would stop calling this karma. Like, in my opinion, you are then just saying that you, he deserved to be injured based on Nick Chubb's concussion. Like, why are we wishing injury on anyone on our own football team that could hinder our season or the team in general? Again, it goes back to why did, I don't know why everyone hates this guy to begin with, but then of course this would happen to him. And then there's a portion of the fans that are like gleeful about this, <sighs> which is so weird because it's like, uh, guys, we're already thin at that position to begin with. Yes. Do you really just want to like start piling on here? And like, for what? Because the guy likes playing here. I, I don't know. There's, there's a portion of fans that I will just never understand. Those are one of them. And there's absolutely no way that Mac Wilson did, did that on purpose. When he says that it wasn't malicious, I 1,000% believe him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason not to. No. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing has kind of played out really weird. And, and you know, I, I think the defense, if you watched any portion of training camp, seemed to be playing with a very high level of intensity. And I will be frank the defense was a place where I was the most concerned about going into this year, just based mm -hmm. on losing some key players on the defensive side of the ball, having a lot of young guys um, at both cornerback safety position. We obviously brought in some veterans over the off season with Andrew Barry, bringing in uh, some key players there, but I was not expecting the defense to look this good early on. Granted, I know we're like three days in, so I'm not going to get ahead of myself there, uh, but I did want to touch on the offense looked a little bit sluggish uh, to mm. start, which I think could be expected based on having a new offense, a new system in place, and obviously not having any type of OTAs um, or the players really getting together. So we wanted to get into something um, a little different this week. We are going to talk about either a player um, a group of players, a key position. We want everyone to weigh in on Periscope Live with us. And we kind of broke it into four different buckets. Number one, biggest surprises. So think about that, ladies. Number two, duh, not surprised at all. I expected that. Number three, Hot Mess Express. And number four, rookies to watch out for. So I'm going to start with um, I'm going to start with biggest surprises overall. Brittany or Meredith, anyone, any group or player that stuck out to you? And I'll see if there's any comments coming in. Are we judging this based off like the three days? So hundred percent, just three days. This is what we do. <laughs> Speculate and we're going to predict what's going to happen. Oh boy! <laughs> well, especially since uh, yesterday was pouring rain, so I don't. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
they either practiced in the field house or they didn't practice at all yesterday. I can't remember. It's hard. They like it's so hard. They horrible. Oh, it's so hard not being there. And then um, from what I've heard from my coworkers that are there, there's like a little roped off area for because normally when you're media, you kind of have almost free reign of the entire place as long as you're not getting you know, as long as you're not interfering with practice and you're not crossing certain lines, but they were telling me that there's like almost like a roped off area and you can't move and you're like just in that <laughs> space and you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yes. So like, it's, it's frustrating not being there, but from what, I, what I've heard, it's also frustrating being there. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, All right. Biggest yeah, I've, I've got a few, I've got a few, you guys. Well, I already touched on it a little bit. So the defense I was actually like really pleasantly surprised. Now that could have been the rain, obviously that had a lot to do with that. Um, mm. But they looked aggressive. They were going after like punching the ball out, um, tackling, obviously, you know, there were some, some issues with that just based on, I think we could have gotten some penalties based on the horse collar taco, taco, <laughs> tackle. <laughs> um, and then the other, I'm going to go with a player here. So, um, Taewon Taylor, wide receiver. If you guys recall or remember him, John Dorsey traded for, for him right before the season started last year against the home opener. Didn't really get a ton of playing time last year, but mm -hmm. he's really been all over the field making really great catches and making impact. So that was one that really jumped out um, as a surprise to me, especially given the fact that the wide receiver room there are a lot of players in that room. And obviously with OBJ and Jarvis, there, there's going to be a pretty big competition over these next few weeks to make the team. I'm going to see if anyone commented here. Check it out. Okay. So someone said Hooper. Yeah. I yeah I'm, I'm really excited for Austin Hooper. I think he was a perfect addition. Well, I read today that him and Baker were connecting nicely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they had a sleepover together over the off-season, so I would oh, expect yeah. that connection. <laughs> Remember um, when, who was it? Was Jerry Jones, did he have a sleepover with Mike McCarthy? Is that what happened? Oh, God, that's so weird. Do you guys remember that when there was, yes. like, a coach? In yes. <laughs> so many sleepovers. Scandalous. Yeah, like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, they're, they're so weird. his recruits. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's jumping in here saying Hooper. I would have maybe put Hooper in the duh, not surprised at all. But I, I guess, like, in the duh, not surprised at all, we had OBJ, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt, mm -hmm. which um, – OBJ, did you guys happen to catch him at all on Sunday or Monday? No, I not have over seen the weekend. very little. Okay. So he looked like his, the OBJ you would remember. Oh. Like, I mean, Brittany, honest to God, I literally had, I was like, I'm in tears. Would I Sunday. cry? I'd probably you would cry. cry. You would cry. There was, I'd cry and everything. There was five to 10 yards of separation at multiple times. But here's what wouldn't make you cry is Baker overthrew him. No, I know, I know, I know. Listen, um, duh, not surprised at all. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone That's was fine. saying, everyone was saying that, like, you know, Baker was like looking really lean. Like the pictures that you saw were pretty accurate, and like he came in just, you know, with a lot of intensity and ready to go, mm -hmm. which we expected because he had a terrible year last year, and then everyone called him fat, and then he spent the last four and a half months on a Peloton, so. It's kind of my duh is, you know, Baker wanting revenge on everyone who ever doubted him. Like, you know, yeah. Um, 
as far as like training camp goes, I try, and today is a perfect example of why I try to like distance myself from it and not pay that much attention to it. Tell me. Um, Cause I actually was today, you know, I was checking in and I was watching like live updates. I didn't see anything live. I think it was broadcast cause a lot of people were, you know, talking about it, but it just stresses me out. And I it's like, I don't want to get stressed out three days into this. <laughs> like I have enough going on. So like when I see things like, uh Oh, you know, Mac Wilson being carted off yeah. and uh, Denzel Ward picking off Baker. I'm just like, can I either give me just good news or don't say anything at all. That's the world <laughs> I want to live in. Just tell, just feed me good stuff or just completely ignore it. And then, you know, fill us in afterwards. Say, Hey, here's what happened today. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, that's what I'm about. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize for not paying close. I know I have a podcast and I should be paying really close attention to this stuff, but I can't for my own safety. I get too emotionally own invested safety. in things. Yeah. No, I, Brittany, I'm glad that you said that. I actually tweeted that same thing because I, I was, I didn't really catch a ton of what happened today, but I mm-hmm. did tune in for like maybe five minutes when I had a spare moment. Yeah. And what I tuned in on was like David Njoku dropping passes. <laughs> like, what? No, like, what is happening? We'll, so, no, we'll file that under duh, not surprised at all, too. Yeah. This oh. so, we had him as the actually hot mess express, which that oh. might be harsh. He, he was not, he was not happy with the media today. Oh. No, I have so a question I, for you guys. Yeah. I saw this um, post on Twitter somewhere. It might've been ESPN Cleveland. They asked everyone, does Njoku owe the fans an explanation for what, ha- like, what happened with the trade request? What do you think? No. No, I don't think no. so. No. I mean, I'm sure some fans want that, but no. I feel like there's such weight that, you know, when you say someone owes you something, like, this is such a heavy word, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Because these people don't really owe you anything. Exactly. Like, so that kind I, of, totally I don't agree. know. Anytime I hear that phrase, I'm like, mm, that's too much. Yeah, that feels extreme. But he he kind of had a rough day on Monday yesterday with catching the ball. And I think that has been something that has plagued him throughout mm-hmm. his tenure with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> um, meanwhile, you obviously have Austin Hooper who was brought in and they yep. were connecting well together. You also have rookie Harrison Bryant who is just chomping at the bit to obviously get snaps and probably could be deserving of playing. Um, and then my personal favorite tight end, Steven Stiffarm Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, I, I think David Njoku, rightfully so, has, has some pressure on him because he wants to land a big contract, whether that's with the Browns or on another team. And I think he has, he has a proof it year. And so far, I think he's off to a little bit of a rocky start. All right, so then the rookie to watch. So obviously we have quite a few rookies on the team. Um, Grant Delpit was getting some first-team reps uh, at the safety position. Donovan Mm -hmm. Peoples-Jones, wide receiver, making some really good plays, also taking some um, punt returns, and I think he bobbled some. So again, like that, the wide receiver position is very, very interesting because Donovan Peoples-Jones is the rookie. You have JoJo Natson, who was getting special team teams reps today. You have um, Kaderil Hodge, um, who made some good plays, obviously Higgins. Um, we talked about Taewon Taylor. I mean, it, there are so many wide receivers right now on this team. And yeah. I think it's going to all come down to special teams and who can make the biggest impact there. So DPJ, I'm, I'm rooting for him personal. He, he looks like a wide receiver. 
that you would want, very athletic, very tall. And I do think that that, that gives him some advantage because our receiving core is pretty small when you, yeah. when you think about it. It's nice to have one of those big bodies. Um, Nick Harris took snaps under center um, based on J.C. Treader. So I think that was another, another surprise um, out there for the last three days. I have a question. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Sorry, I just like go <laughs> I think of no. things as we're talking. And I'm like, wait a second, let me ask this. Okay, so I know that we had – who all opted out? Do we know? On the offensive uh, line specifically? Yeah, 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 yeah. We had uh, like two or three guards that, that opted out. I'm not – I'm blanking on the names because I don't think that they were like – difference maker names but I know it was an issue because there were like two guards that opted yes. out okay I wonder what that's looking like now well they signed didn't they sign a guard um today or yesterday maybe um in addition based on all the opt-outs and then I think or was it a center yeah. it might have been a center today I don't know if anyone leaves a comment let me know yeah someone leave a comment because I was talking about that with my dad the other night. He's like, you know, offense, got to have a line, got to have a line. You know, like boomers, they love lines. It's their favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Boomers Everything goes to the line. That's what they say. They love lines. And he's, we were like, oh, I think they had some opt out. I don't know if that's like looking thin now or what's going on with that. Probably should have done my research. But again, I don't like to get stressed out three days in. Oh, well, you I mean, know. Just, here's the thing. It's yeah. like training camp shouldn't stress you out. Like, especially since there were no, there was no, there's no rookie camp. There were no OTAs. There was no mini camps. I am too. (laughs) I am actually sweating. It's like, it's practice on per, like it's practice. Like that's like mistakes are going to be made and that's where you want to make the mistakes. And again, they don't have preseason games. So they got to work out. Yeah, Like imagine how much weirder it's going to be because there is no preseason games. Like you just got to go out there and everyone, it's just like, it's going to be a free for all. This is how I'm envisioning it. This is why I'm sweating right now. Because I'm yeah. thinking about them just going out there and like they didn't have these four. Although, you know what? Starters don't really play that much in preseason games anyway. Yeah. No, they yeah. take they take snaps in like the first game. And yeah. then, yeah, it's it's mostly third, fourth team to like fill out the like last 10 spots of that 53-man roster. Yeah. yeah, but that's important because those are your depth guys. You know what yeah. I mean? Like those are the guys that are on the bubble that you don't get to see in an actual game. Like think about this. Jedrick Wills, we're not going to actually see him in a game until he suits up against the Ravens. Like how scary day is that? One. Okay, I mean, that's like, what should make you sweat. That's what should listen, make you nervous. That, okay, so I was also stressed out today because I also tuned in and it might have been it might have been the Nick Chubb tackle that led to the concussion. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. One clip that I saw was really a clip about something completely different. And all I saw was Jedrick blow his, like Olivier Vernon, I think blew right by him. And yeah. clearly if they would have been tackling Baker Mayfield, Baker would have been demolished. So I was like, I, yeah, I did and, see and, that he was having problems. Like they said yes. he kept having mental lapses and, and. Which you would expect out of your rookie. But again, you know, this is a place where we struggled all last year and Baker was not comfortable at all. And I don't want this to develop where he's not comfortable again in these short four weeks of training camp. And then we have him going up against Baltimore and all these bad habits are forming. And yeah, I just, I did start to like slightly panic 
today yeah. as well, Brittany. Like I, I was right, I was right there with you. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, and also they had a really bad practice yesterday because we were having torrential downpours. So, but Stefanski said that's not an excuse. It's true. He said we are a team that plays in the elements. I don't know if he actually said that. I feel like he he, he actually did. No, he did. He said his exact his exact words today were uh, "we're an outdoor football team." Those are his exact words today. Can he be any more perfect? Just I I don't know. <laughs> Could he? Yeah, so, so okay, so right we, okay, so we can't cry. So I need to talk. I need to like slightly tease him for just a second, and it's the same thing with. So Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have these crutches that they use in press conferences, and I've noticed because of how much audio I've had to sift through from all these press conferences. But Andrew Barry starts every single answer with, "That's a good question." Yeah, that's a I've good heard, question. I've noticed that's that too. Kevin Stefanski starts every answer with some kind of like preposition and then the person's name like well yeah scott okay mary Kay. I well I, I i agree tony like that's like he like he like says the name of like every reporter as he as he answers them it's a little bit of a crutch it's cute though like and i i don't mind it i don't hate it I just like teasing a little bit like like okay Brittany, okay brianna like, <laughs> that's how I want everyone to address me from now on. It's just start every sentence with, okay, you Brittany, know, that's, that's a good idea, Brittany. Thank that's, you for your, thanks for that question, Brittany. That's a yeah. good point, Brittany. I that's agree it. with you, Brittany. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> just a, a little respect here and there, guys. I would be really bad at that because I have a really hard time with people's names, remembering people's names. Like, I'm actually impressed when he does that because... I guess it helps though because they're Zoom, so they actually have their names written down, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so and I, it almost made me wonder if he had that. like it almost made me wonder if he had like flashcards before the season started. Sure, I'm of sure all the, he did. <laughs> all the beat How reporters. do we get an interview with him? Uh, request with PR. Good luck, Listen, PR. You're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let us talk to Stefanski, please. PJB, I'll DM you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, to wrap up the Browns here. So, did you guys happen to listen to Jimmy and Dee's press conference? I think this was on. It was Sunday? on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys catch it? I was. I was yeah. in another world on Sunday. That's totally I fine. At, I was at Kelly's Island. So oh, I, was I saw your pictures were so pretty. Anything. Yeah. Well, no, you um, probably caught the headlines. The headlines, I the essentially. Headlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you not? Because the headlines were all about. Um, God forbid them supporting their team if if they kneel for the anthem. <laughs> and then the other big one was just OBJ being comfortable, which that just warmed my heart, by the way. Him and what did they say about OBJ? Okay, so OBJ and D Hazem are pretty much just besties. And stop it. You're I'm, really I'm not like, me cry today. <laughs> Brittany, I'm not even lying. She she was like, We were texting, we had a conversation. Odell is comfortable, he's in his house, um, he's really settled in. Um, they did this thing that I thought was great, actually. And, you know, the Haslam's, you could have opinions one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know sure. that there may have been some things that went down in the past that no, no one is proud of. Mm-hmm. However, she said that they did this exercise on Friday night, or I don't even know when. It was called the four H's. Meredith, did you hear about this? No. So they had to name, gosh, I'm going to like, totally not remember all the H's. Heroes, heartbreaks, hopes, and there was one more. It's like very sentimental, very, very just dialed into your emotions. 
which I feel like is exactly who OBJ is. You know, he's very, I think, an in-depth individual. So wait, were they do like, were the Haslam's just sitting there in a room with OBJ doing this 4-H thing? I think Why it was, is there not video of this? I know, I think it was like the team. So everyone had to go, <gasps> go around and like list, list their four, which I just oh thought gosh. like, what a great, I mean, icebreaker, way to get to know the team like the players on a personal level, you know? That is so sweet. I have visions of D Haslam like knitting socks for OBJ <laughs> and then sending them to him in a kit. Like she would probably want to bring it over to his house, but she also wants to follow, you know, COVID regulations. So she's probably like baking cookies and knitting socks and putting them in a care package and sending them to OBJ. Like that that's what I so That's what I vision. Like that's like especially when she talks about like anytime like and like people in like different generations have a friendship with each other i just imagine it as like a mother daughter like mother daughter father son like that kind of like a parent relationship so i like i just i imagine like d haslam trying to be obj's second mother that is adorable i love it so much yes that made me that made my heart just warm but going back to the kneeling just to touch on Mm -hmm. I'm just so sick of the empty threats of people not supporting this team because of players kneeling. Like, this isn't the first time this has happened. So, like, get off of your high horse and stop making it about you. Like, just yes. stop. Also, also, like, you'll support a team that's, like, 0-16, exactly. 1-15. That's fine, but they threaten to kneel. Well, that's where I draw the line. Well, <laughs> it's good that you have a line. You have a, one single standard. Good for you, Dale. And it's <laughs> racism. So I, one of my colleagues at my old station in DC, he has the same response to every caller that calls into his show and saying, well, I'm not going to watch if they change the name. I'm not going to watch if they kneel. And his response every single time is, yes, you will. Like you can be all high and mighty and claim that you're not going to watch, but you're going to watch. And I have seen it too. I've seen it with, um, like former sports media members who are now in like political media, they're not doing sports anymore, but saying that they're not going to watch the NFL because of the kneeling yet Mm -hmm. on every single Sunday. And there's one person in particular, I I see them tweeting about the NFL and I'm like, Hmm, didn't you say you weren't going to (laughs) watch? I know you don't have to watch for work anymore because you don't work in sports anymore. Ooh, burn. <laughs> I know. I am subtweeting a single person so hard right now. It's awesome. Yeah, so they address that, which I'm happy that they're obviously in support of, of their players. So Yeah, you have to be. At this point, you really don't have a choice. No, I'm glad. For an are. owner, you have to support what your players are doing. That's it. And, and good it, for them for doing it. And it's also understanding like what the correct side of history is. Yeah. Yep. You know, like you can just like it's like, hmm, what 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 side of history should I be on this week? Should I be on the side that wants equality, or should I be on the on the side that wants oppression? Mm, it's kind of an easy call. Yeah, not for some, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we'll stick to football a little bit uh, and just go into college and Big Ten. Uh, because as we know, we already talked about this last week. Big Ten is suspended for the fall season, at least. Um, however, Justin Fields created a petition to bring football back. There's also been um, a lot of parents of players in support of bringing the college football season back, specifically for the Big Ten. Um, just really weird what 
went down with the Big Ten because they released their schedule a week later, canceled the season. And now it, it seems that there are a lot of players that, that still want to play and are pushing to play. Also, of other things to note, Governor DeWine gave the go-ahead for high school sports to continue. Mm-hmm. So um, everything is just so everything is just so weird. Everything feels very, very half-baked. Like, for the high schoolers, especially the seniors who play fall sports, I I am happy that they're getting an opportunity, but I just know that if I was a parent, um, and I don't have a maternal instinct at all, however... I, I would I, I would be worried, especially if there isn't a plan. Uh, my brother is a school teacher mm-hmm. in um, in Virginia, and their school said that they were going to be in person in the fall, but they didn't have a plan on, on how they were going to do it safely. And there was such backlash from parents and teachers, especially that they decided to go completely virtual. So yeah. like I know personally I'm relieved because my brother is is high risk because he's got pre-existing health conditions like he's young and healthy but he has pre-existing conditions that make him high risk for covid so I was terrified of him going back and teaching in the fall and thankfully his school district is letting him do it remote but that's sort of how I I I would feel as a parent in Ohio looking at this and saying well I want my child to play sports especially for their senior year but at the same time you want to make sure that they're not being put at risk yeah. So. Well, I said, like, someone just commented and said only parents are a lot of games. So, yes. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but it, if so, like, I guess that's a step in the right direction. My issue with this whole thing is it's the same thing that, you know, I had an issue with at the federal level. You need to keep everyone, you can't just say, okay, schools, I'm going to let you decide whatever you want to do. You know, I think one of the reasons why we're in the position that we're in right now is because states are just allowed to do whatever they want. And then, you know, now you have governors who are like, well, you know, I don't know. I'll leave it up to the mayors. I'll leave it up to the school admins, blah, blah, blah. Just take a stand, take some responsibility, say, okay, we're all going to do this or we're all not going to do this and we'll push it back. One or the other, because all of this, this just leaves everything open for chaos. And I think that's how it's going to unfold, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I mean, and but it is kind of funny that, you know, high school is allowed to play. <laughs> professionals love yeah, to play the new college you have ohio state's like oh hey guys oh also i don't know if you guys saw but uh the sec network and a few other sec affiliated media outlets were uh they were tweeting out schedules and saying um how excited they are for football they started mm-hmm. tweeting out the first you know day i think which is september 29th or something like, like they were going all in today, and uh, I am not an SEC person, we know this, but I was looking at that and I was like, this feels a little trollish. Like, it, it feels like they're mocking the Big Ten. For sure. Yeah. For like, sure. It feels, it feels a little like that. Yeah, I, 100%. First of all, they're just blind to everything that's going on. Like, they act like they're immune to, to COVID-19. Um, every, yeah, everything in regards to college feels really weird and did you guys see too north carolina like they went back for five days mm-hmm. and they shut down and then, just based and then on went virtual breaks like this is this is what's going to happen like yes. without athletics happening this is just yes. going to happen from kids being in classrooms and dorms and going to parties like that's well, the reality yeah so what was it kansas clemson Rutgers, notre dame and oh, one other school 
But those are the ones that come to mind that when they had practice last month, they had to shut down practice because it was like 25 kids total. It wasn't like, oh, one person has COVID, we're going to separate them. It's like, no, our entire offensive line has COVID. Right. Like Clemson had <laughs> over 20 kids test positive. I think, oh, University of Houston, I think was another one. Like they all had anywhere from 12 to 25 kids test positive. And this was just camp. This is before kids came back to campus. The only people who were on campus at this time were the athletes. Mm -hmm. So especially when you have schools like Ohio State that have like, what is it? 30,000 something undergrad? Like, oh, it's what I think it's way more than that. Is it more than that? Yeah. Because Ohio State is I want to say massive school. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want to quote, misquote the wrong number, but I want to say it's a hundred, a hundred thousand. If, I mean, I think it's, that has to include grad students though, right? Uh, I don't know. Someone look that up. Um, Cause it's one of the, it's one of the biggest schools in the nation. I think that them in Texas, maybe we'll have to look but, that up. But yeah, like when you think about it, when you're looking at these school programs and it's, you know, and, and you see these outbreaks happening when it's just the athletes on campus, you know, you can't even like fathom with these bigger schools, what's going to happen when these tens of thousands of students descend onto campus as well. And these football players are going to have classes with them. And while the football players will get tested and they'll be in their little bubble in the practice facilities, they're not going to be in a, in a bubble in life. Like they're still probably going to dining halls. They're still going to classes and their classmates might live on campus. Their classmates might live off campus. They don't know what their classmates are doing. They could be partying. They could be at risk. Like there are all these things. And that was one of the reasons why I got so irritated when people were saying, well, it's safe for kids to be on campus, but it's not safe for athletes. And the reality is it's not safe for any of them to be on campus. It's just that the schools are having them come back because they stand to lose way too much money if they don't have kids on campus. Yeah. Like, that's really what it comes down to. So I was just getting very, very frustrated hearing that argument over and over and over again. And these people, it's just like, the people making that argument just weren't thinking. You know, it's like, it, the, play, the football players would be safer at school if it was being treated like the NFL, whereas they are the only ones on campus. They are the only ones interacting with each other. They are in their bubble. They are being completely healthy. They have their housing. They have their coaches. But if they're not interacting with anybody else, and that takes the student part out of student athlete, and then at that yeah. point, you can't use the student athlete argument that they always use to not pay them, to not let them earn money, to let, not let them do anything except for football. So it just, I want college football. Like I want it as much as the next person. It's one yeah. of my favorite things on the planet. I don't want college football to be canceled, but I also don't think it's right to have these kids risk their lives and their livelihood and their health for something that they're not getting paid for and for something that may not turn into a career for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we talk about how the Big Ten might backtrack? Um, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily that true? true. No, I don't it's, think it is. <laughs> I don't know I what said to might. believe. I said might. For the record, I don't think they should. I don't think it's a smart idea. I think if you take a stand and say, you know, we want to keep our players – I don't know if that's really the, the reason, but they did say, you know, our player safety and health is number one priority. We got to keep them safe. To backtrack on that and say, well, you know, on second thought, because, you know, you got like a, a response that you didn't like. Um, I think it would be bad, but what, I'm just a girl with a podcast. I don't know. Well, the one, the one thing that I think people need to understand is that it was the university president's 
that decided not to have college football. It was not the athletic directors and it was not Kevin Warren. So if you are reading things on Twitter, that's talking about Kevin Warren doing this and Kevin Warren doing that and Mm -hmm. his decision, then you know, that person is full of it because it wasn't Kevin Warren's decision. He is just the messenger. Yeah. So, I mean, you really, especially with this Ohio state stuff, you've got to be able to recognize the fake news from the real, real stuff. And quite frankly, my biggest recommendation for that is follow Ohio State beat reporters who are in Columbus. Like, those are the ones that really have their pulse, their, their hand on the pulse of the situation. So that's my PSA. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, I, I have people in the comments um, clarifying Ohio State. Okay, so it looks like close to 50,000 undergrad and like 14K to graduate. So I was, I was way over my hundred. <laughs> well, well, doesn't the horseshoe seat a hundred thousand people? Maybe that's where you got that number from. Actually, I think it might be more than that. I don't know. I, I round everything up. Okay. But if you buy like 50,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to shift into the MLB. Uh, a lot going on within the MLB within our own Cleveland. What are we calling them? The baseball club. The cl- I like the clouds. Cleveland baseball the clouds. Club. They're, they should be the clouds right now because everything is gloomy. Um, the rain clouds. <laughs> the rain clouds. The rain clouds um, bring rainbows, right? That is very true. So we talked about the drama of Mike Clevenger, Zach Plesak last week. Obviously, their poor decision-making and the ultimate betrayal of their teammates with Clevenger also lying about the situation. And what happened over the weekend was Zach Plesek actually posted on his own personal Instagram page a six-minute apology. I'm saying that with quotations. Um, driving in his car. Without a seatbelt on. Belt, <laughs> and essentially deflecting all of the blame from himself and not really apologizing at all, but also blaming the media for reporting facts that actually happen. The evil media. Before it came down. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Brittany's just laughing. Can't can't even keep it together. Like everything about that sentence was, (laughs) he could not have done anything more wrong. He's like, you know what? I'm driving. I think he was, that was probably when he was optioned, right? He was just driving his car down to Lake County. He's like, that was a great time while I'm driving. Actually, no, I think it happened before he got, because they got optioned on Friday. And I think this thing was released on either Wednesday or Thursday. Well, I thought it was, he released it on, I I thought he released it. No, he, he released it either Wednesday or Thursday. It was regardless, like regardless. Okay. You're driving in your car and you just decide this is a good time to make a half-assed, not apology. He was just trying to justify what he did, which went horribly wrong because he admitted all of his wrongdoings and then just said, (laughs) yeah, I know I did this guys, but God damn the media. They, they told people that I did this and it's like, um, you're describing their job. This is what they are paid to do, Zach. Yeah, they're going to report that you did this because you did it. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I have so many opinions about this. Uh, first off, first off, if you're the type of person that wants to blame the media for anything, that's just low IQ arguments right there. Like, just stop it, first of all. Um, but secondly, like the, the most annoying part about the video 
is that he rambled for, you know, for four and a half of the six minutes of the video, he rambled on about the research that he did and CDC guidelines. And I didn't violate any recommendations by the CDC. I went out with friends. It was under 10 people. And I'm sitting there the entire time. And I'm like, as a player, every single player represented by the players union, which is Zach Lisak, had the opportunity to have a say in the rules that they were to follow when the MLB season started. He, and while he may or may not have violated CDC guidelines, mm. it's, he wasn't getting suspended for violating CDC guidelines. He was getting suspended for violating Major League Baseball guidelines. Right and rules that he had a hand in making. So he's sitting there admitting that he violated MLB protocols. Yeah, he broke curfew. He went out to see people like, how, uh, so dumb, so dumb. You're, and don't sit here and talk about research. Do your research, like, come on. And then here's the thing. Zach Plesak probably, sorry, I have been holding on to this for so long. Zach Plesak probably would have been okay had he not done anything? Because I, I heard you guys talk about Tito's comments last week where he was saying that they had different levels of understanding. At least we know what he meant now. Yeah, exactly. So, that up. So my my assumption when I heard Tito say that was that one, one of the guys uh, probably was sorry for what he did, whereas the other guy was sorry that he got caught. And if you had asked me before that video, I would have said, Zach Plesak is sorry for what he did. Mike Clevenger is sorry he that he got caught. But then after that video, I, I don't know. Cause like here, and here's the thing, <laughs> Zach Plesak wants to call the media evil, but the narrative surrounding him was that he was just a young kid who made a dumb mistake. And people mm-hmm. were just like, you know what? He made a mistake, you know, have him get tested. He'll, once he's negative, he can come back to the team. We're going to be okay. You're okay, Zach, you know, just don't do it again. And then he releases this Instagram video and then gets option to Lake Erie. So it's, it just, yeah, it's funny because like Clev looked like the really bad guy because uh-huh. he let Zach take the fall and, you know, yes. he traveled with the team and everyone was all on, they're like, Oh, Clev, what a piece of crap, blah, 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 terrible teammate. And Zach was just kind of an afterthought at that point. So maybe like, Maybe Zach Plesak is just such a good friend of Clevenger that he's like, no, you know what? <laughs> Let me take the spotlight back. <laughs> Let me just do this for you, bro. Which, I mean, God, I need friends like that. I would do that for you, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. I, it goes back to, though, what we talked about last week with just the sense of entitlement. Like, his Instagram video made him look worse. I don't know how mm-hmm. he thought he would look better after that. <laughs> like, did you not listen to yourself just own up to what you did and how it was wrong there are clearly rules that you can't do this and you broke the rules like that is it there's nothing like you can't paint a different picture than what happened and listen there are unwritten rules in baseball we learned that today Also, before we get to the unwritten rules, (laughs) I do want to bring attention to our very dear friend, Cameron Justice. Uh, She tweeted, I forget exactly when she tweeted it, but she had tweeted out comments that Zach Plesak had made before the season started. And it was essentially him saying, you know, we're going to go into baseball mode for two months. You know, we have to prioritize our job over our friends and family. It's going to suck to not be able to see them for a few weeks, but we really have to concentrate on playing baseball. That was... I'm paraphrasing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
those were exactly Zach's words. So if you want to, you know, check those out, you can look at our good friend Cameron Justice's uh, at Cami Justice on Twitter on her timeline because she tweeted those, and it was like, you literally said barely a month ago that it's baseball time, that you're going to sacrifice hanging out with your friends and family for a few months so you can concentrate on your job. And and then he goes and violates team protocol. Yeah, I forgot to even mention. Um before we get into the unwritten rules, um, Oliver Perez threatened to opt out um, if both guys remained on the team, which I thought was pretty strong words. And I was reading just about how the team felt very strongly against the two players and how they obviously broke the team's trust. They betrayed them. Yeah. And Adam Pluko said that after the game yep. that would have been pitched by Zach Plesak, I believe, had he not, you know, been taken out of the rotation. But yeah, he said they lied to us. They need to, you know, make their amends. And if you read the article, it was by Jeff Passan that talked about Oliver Perez wanting to opt out. If you read between the lines, which I kind of did, because that's what I do. In that same paragraph, it talked about Frankie Lindor also being vocal. Yeah. Now, he didn't come out and say that Francisco Lindor was one of the people that said that he would opt out, but the headline was prominent Indians player friends to opt out. Oliver Perez is not a prominent Indians player. So, I, I mean, I, I am drawing... I cookie, maybe. I, it may have... It might have been. Uh, I'm just drawing conclusions based on my own reading between the lines because, you know, the, the headline said prominent player and it named, all of, it named Oliver Perez specifically, but then also said Francisco Lindor was vocal in the team meeting. So yeah, take this, that for what you want. But. This, I mean, this is tough. They put, they put the team in a really tough position. And again, like this is something that could hurt the team long-term depending on what happens and how it shakes out and even in the short term because they're obviously not available. So a 60 game season, this is not what you want. Not what you want at all. Before we get into unwritten rules, guys, I actually watched the Indians this weekend. Did a you? Times, a few times. I actually did not get a chance to watch them live. I listened to ham to Hammy a little bit. Yeah, I did get to watch them. Um, because I secretly like, well, not secretly, I'm in <laughs> love with Miguel Cabrera. So I will always watch the Indians when they play him. That is one hundred percent guaranteed. Um, and I saw something interesting. They were talking about, I'm going to go off on my little soapbox here. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, you know, they dismantled the Detroit Tigers so that they could pay Miguel Cabrera. But you know what? <laughs> I really respect that. And if I were GM, I probably would have done the same thing. I'd, I'll give him, <laughs> what is he, like 36, 37 now? I'd give him all the money. Be like, you know what? Just retire here. We'll be fine. But um, yeah, the Indians, what is it? 20 in a row that they beat the Tigers? Yeah, yes. I think so. Thank 20 can... 20 consecutive times uh, they that? swept them. Uh, so what is, what is it? It's, is it Pirates? Yeah, it's Pirates and then Detroit again. So they've got another opportunity to sweep the Tigers this weekend. The other one game behind um, the Twins, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. But that's, that's good because we, we obviously had a tough series against the Cubs. So it, it was good to get those wins against the Tigers and hopefully against the Pirates this week. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into the unwritten rules of baseball. <laughs> like, baseball, ooh, it is just so infuriating. Okay, so I woke up this morning to the story, um, and I'm sure you guys did as well, about Fernando Tatis Jr., who plays for the San Diego Padres, which, 
by the way, I was like, oh my God, I forgot San Diego had a major league baseball team. So surprise, that happened the this morning. The only reason I knew is because uh, they picked up Brian Dozier in the off season, which is like one of those like random, guys, like random players that I love so much. He was with the Nationals last year and then he went to San Diego and I think San Diego dropped him. So yeah, I mean, I told, I literally World totally Series forgot. winning second baseman okay. and they dropped him. All right, okay. I'm done. Keep going. I, I just, I just literally sometimes blank on some of these West Coast teams because obviously I never see them play. So I just always forget <laughs> that they exist. Um, that's some East Coast. East Coast bias. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Um, okay, so what happened is bases were loaded. The Padres were up 10 to 3 at the time. He was obviously ahead of the count. It was 3-0. and Obviously, the pitcher's going to throw a strike. He swings, hits a grand slam. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> There's no fans in the stands. <laughs> so the announcers the go crazy. The goes wild. The announcers go crazy. And all of a sudden, he is apologizing post-game for hitting a grand slam because how dare him actually swing at a strike and hit a grand slam. And he so, got scolded by like, okay, the Rangers coach, number one, okay, whatever. But then his own coach was like, awful. you know, you shouldn't have done like, you want this guy to not do his job. That's, that's more important to you. These unwritten rules that like, I, I did not see one fan in support of anything that happened. Like as far as, oh, you know. Got it. No, not one person stood up and said, you got to respect the unwritten rules of baseball. Just, I just, wait, just say that sentence one more time. <laughs> it's so absurd. I just, okay. I've just come to the conclusion <laughs> so that, that baseball players are like the biggest snowflakes. They gotta yes. be. Cause like, cause here's the thing. And I started really hating this uh, during Bryce Harper's rookie year with the nationals because he was getting beaned left and right all the time. And I remember there was one game against the Phillies where Cole Hamels like drilled him. And then after the game, Hamels was like, yeah, I did that on purpose. He's, you know, he's a little smart ass. He needs to be taught a lesson. And I'm like, if you want to teach him a lesson, strike his ass out. You should be embarrassed that the only way you can face Bryce Harper is by drilling him with a baseball. And I said that about the 2017 Astros too. You should be embarrassed that the only way you can win is by cheating. So don't sit here and say like, oh, well, we're, you know, cause you know, Fran Reyes on Sunday hits two bangers that are still up in the air somewhere. And then uh, him and as the closer for the, for the Tigers beans, Fran Mill in, in the ninth inning. And I don't think it, it, it's hard to tell whether or not it was on purpose, but that could have been disastrous because it hit him on the hand. And he's really lucky that he didn't break anything and nothing came out positive on the x-rays. Yeah. But like that could have been disastrous. And I'm like, are you doing that? Because he got two dingers off of your pitchers. Cause if that's the case, then strike him out. That, that's what you do. So I just, I get so, I get so mad at the beaning of, of batters and that whole thing that like, the revenge, the don't swing. Cause like the Indians put up what 10 runs in a single Indian in a single inning on the Reds mm-hmm. the week prior. And no one said anything then. I mean, that's we because all they it. go games without actually scoring. So, <laughs> like, they, yeah. the Indians are a really bad example because they're so inconsistent. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is um, imagine being baseball and like brushing legit over cheating under the rug. But then, like, 
having these unwritten rules of like, we don't run up scores. We don't swing when it's a three and O count and hit a grand slam. Yeah, these, these unwritten <laughs> I, rules take precedent over everything. A written, like with they, bat over flipping and rules. Stuff. Yes. I love the bat flipping. I, have to, oh. I love bat flipping too. Like give me, me all oh the bat God, flips. So like, can we just have some fun? Okay, yeah. so I have to ask you guys, are there any unwritten rules that you abide by? Or have you ever had like this experience in your personal life? Because I was just thinking like, imagine me doing something at work and then getting scolded by my boss being like, we don't do that. It's not a rule, but it's, you know, it's, it's frowned upon. <laughs> Except it is like in Major League Baseball, it is a very serious, these written, unwritten rules are very serious. They're more important than anything in life. Apparently. I mean, if they're that important, shouldn't they just write them down? Yes. Like just let's say like you can't swing at a pitch. You can't swing at a strike when the count is three and oh. Could you imagine, like, if, that you imagine? An, if that was an actual rule in the MLB handbook saying you are now not allowed to to swing at a 3-0 pitch when your team is up by X number of <laughs> Yeah, that, oh my gosh. That no, sounds like Little League stuff. Little oh, league stuff. Yes. It is Little League stuff. <laughs> I'm going to say that now that I am old and wise, I understand how important communication is. So like this, all this unwritten crap, mm -hmm. I was trying to think of right now currently, are there unwritten roles that I expect people to follow when it comes to me? No, because I'm a grown-ass woman. Like, if I, if I had a problem, I'll tell you about it. But like, you know, I, I have had these issues in the past. <laughs> I have, I have one. You would just like, you know, you don't put your words out there and you don't communicate how you're feeling about uh -huh. things or how something makes you feel. So then it just like you, it's all living like in your gut until one little thing like sets you off into a, a volcano of rage so you know i just encourage everyone to just communicate I, write things down put it out there i do have an unwritten rule um don't talk to me at the gym if you oh. see me with my headphones in my hat on my hoodie up leave me alone just let me lift my weights that's, that's, fair. that's a good that, i mean <laughs> I'm super you, friendly. <laughs> you made me think though, Brittany, like the unwritten versus written, being a parent, we have yes. to physically make our roles in this house very clear. Yes. Otherwise, like little dude is a mess. Like yes. he, you know, it's not fair. It's not fair to our children that we make rules up on the fly, right? Like yes. mm -hmm. there are consequences for your actions. So you need to know exactly what those are. Like, yes. I don't know, don't pull your sister's hair or don't, we don't bite in this household. Like there, these are very clear rules that he has to abide by. And before we weren't super clear about them. So it was like, you know, disciplining him and trying to explain to him what behavior was good and bad. He didn't quite understand it because he didn't actually understand what the rules are. So it's no different than being a parent in major league baseball, like <laughs> get your shit together. Like, mm -hmm. but actually please don't make this a rule. I don't, I don't want to say that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't pull Mike Clevenger's hair. That's a yeah, rule. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Just go ahead. So <laughs> actually, so I want to say one of, one of my coworkers, uh, one of, uh, one of the like behind the scenes coworkers that I have at work, uh, he came into our studio when, uh, when the, when the punishments are coming down, he's like, I got, he's like, I got the perfect punishment for Mike Clevenger. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, make him shave his head. 
There you go. Yes. And I was like, that's, I was like, that is, that is hysterical. Great punishment. Cause I have long hair. I know how, and we all have long hair. It takes a long time to grow it out. Yes, it does. So if, if Mr. Clev likes his long flowing locks and you have to make him shave it off because he violated team rules and then threw his teammate under the bus and put the rest of his teammates at risk. The I don't know. Punishment. Just putting it out there. Yeah. Punishment might fit the crime on that one. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for the evening. I know I mentioned this last week, but I'll just mention it again. I'm working on our fantasy football league. So again, you have, if you haven't heard from me yet, don't panic. I haven't actually done anything yet. Hopefully I'll be able to do that over the weekend or sometime soon, but I will put some communication out there for that. We'll get that rolling. That'll be fun. We'll have prizes, uh, bragging rights, obviously. Um, so it, my it's my favorite be, thing. It's Utah. <laughs> um, I really hope Brittany becomes a champion one week. I'm, I'm really Me and like, Lamar are going to kill everyone. She's going to have like the rookie, the rookie <laughs> beginners let going for her. I, I so I've actually, I've started reading up on, um, like fantasy stuff and like oh, gosh. stuff. Yeah. Just cause I was like, well, if I'm, we're, we're going to do fantasy oh, this year, boy. I should actually like know what I'm doing. Uh, they have two quarterbacks that they say that I have read that would be bad draft choices. Is Baker Mayfield one of them? No. Uh, the two, <laughs> the two are um, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. See, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, it may, it, it depends. I guess it just depends on how things are scored. But you know, if you've got, you know, it, it, it just this is why I'm going to be terrible like. at fantasy football. Like none of this, this is not going to make any sense. But no, oh, don't draft Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay, I'm not going to draft Lamar Jackson. Get the hell out of here. I'm. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to draft Lamar Jackson. You know, like when roll, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing if you want to draft lamar jackson you should you should I will. don't like this don't is let no brainer don't let the draft nerds tell you no i mean i'm reading up on it and i'm like having second thoughts about it because honestly if i was up for a draft and i saw patrick mahomes available i probably like would go ahead and take him yeah but now i'm like having second thoughts about it just so, don't like listen, I said, just let them live their life and you live <laughs> yours don't listen to draft people you do i'm just yours. going with my gut my gut is never I, wrong all right I mean, yep. people who people who work in sports are nerds. We'll say that, but I would say like the nerdiest of the nerd are the fantasy people, the fantasy sure. people, and the draft people. Those are like the nerdiest of the nerds. For sure, I agree. That's kind we of why I like them, it. Though. We love them. Yeah, we love yeah. them. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to y'all next week. We'll have some maybe some changes coming through from a live streaming standpoint. So we'll keep you all posted on where you can find us to live stream. Um, you can still find us uh, via Apple iTunes. Stitcher and Spotify as downloads. So we'll be out tomorrow tomorrow morning on Wednesdays. Um, be sure to rate and review us on your platform and we will talk to you guys all next week.